0: For some super slams and beat-downs. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is top of the row. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Gil Jr. Hey, this is the national treasure and the real world's heavyweight wrestling champion, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Topics. Welcome to Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio. And I want to get something out of the way first. I am no longer on CBS Radio. I am no longer affiliated with any big-time network that will limit what I can or cannot say in terms of language or opinions. There is no more disclaimer that I have nothing to do with the network. There are no more network rules. Having said that, I feel like this is the perfect time to do my first show back because I've been looking through a lot of your opinions on Twitter because that's the only type of social media that I have. You can lead that to believe that I'm out of touch or... I am old school or whatever miscellaneous term that refers to someone who doesn't keep up with the times you would like to use. I do it because I find social media abhorrent. I find it an absolutely terrible place that does so much more harm than good. Giving everyone's opinion validity is not necessary when that has always been the case and it's done under a mask of Anonymity and the concept of validity through mass agreement. And what I mean by that is somebody tweets something, 4,000 people retweet it, 8,000 people tweet they like it, and that person assumes that they are correct. Why? It doesn't mean you're correct. It just means a lot of people agree with you. You're going to hear a lot of things like this. This may or may not be your cup of tea. I will let you know. It can damn sure be your shot of whiskey, though. Okay? So all I have today is the releases made by World Wrestling Entertainment and how everyone seemed to collectively be upset. Now, for several different reasons, and some of them I think are entirely valid. One in particular here is the most valid reason to be upset about the releases today. Let me tell you what that valid reason is. You know what that valid reason is? It's that the following talents were released by WWE today. And here's what it is. Samoa Joe, Mickey James, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Kalisto, Tucker, formerly of Tucker and Otis. Chelsea Green, and most recently, Mojo Raleigh. Now, releases happen. This is WWE. We know this. I do another show about sports as well. Releases happen in sports all the time. And I saw a tweet, actually. I'm I'm sorry I don't have the account that tweeted it. But he made a very interesting point, which was releases happen in sports all the time. And we sugared off as no big deal. Ah, It's a shame the Titans got rid of that running back. Hopefully he'll land somewhere and be okay. But in wrestling, when someone gets released, it's, oh my God. They're completely, utterly done with their careers. Now granted, I'm not saying that we should take it lightly that someone lost their job. Don't misconstrue me on that. You get fired, you get fired. But one thing that is an absolutely irrefutable truth in this industry whether it's sports or sports entertainment whatever the case may be you are going to get fired in some form i quote the late great junior seau He used to do that TV show where he would follow a certain person in sports around. I think he was in Forrest Griffin's Corner once in UFC, and then he was the equipment manager for the Washington Capitals in the National Hockey League. And during that episode, while he was the equipment manager for for the Capitals, he had to drive one of the former goalies for the Caps, a guy named Michael Neuvert. He had to drive him to the airport because Neuvert got sent back down to the minor leagues. Now, granted, that's not getting fired, but that's getting demoted. And one thing that Seau said before Neuvert got in the car is, that is the one guarantee having a job in sports. You are going to get removed or changed out of your position. And so, Now, the way he phrased it was, you're going to get fired. But what he meant was, you are going to get moved or replaced out of your position. It is an absolute guarantee. So let's go go over who got released. Samoa Joe, of course, that's the big surprise. That's the big name. We have to start with the big man. I think he is a great talker. I think he had a great little run with AJ Styles. Everybody remembers Wendy. Everybody remembers. And that's fine. I don't think he was quite the same guy physically as he used to be, but he certainly did it well. And WWE is always willing to make others work differently to make somebody look like a million dollars. Okay, no disrespect to one of the greatest to ever do it. But the last couple for The Undertaker, yes, he was in great shape. Yes, he did the best he could, but he wasn't pulling a lot of the weight because they knew the situation and that's fine. But Samoa Joe wasn't quite at that point. Now, where could he end up? He could go back to Impact. He could go back to Ring of Honor. He could end up in New Japan. Everyone is screaming for Tony Khan to make the signing and bring him over to AEW so he can put him in faction number 472. I'm sorry. I don't think the entire AEW product is that bad, but do you really need 10 fucking factions? Really? 10. 10. My buddy El Santo Negro over from Sportacus counted them up. 10 your roster isn't big enough for that first of all and secondly i mean you have to be kidding me and then if it's not a faction it's a team the only guys who really aren't part of factions are hangman page john moxley sting and darby allen and hangman pals around with dark order john moxley pals around with eddie kingston And Darby Allen is effectively Sting Jr. right now. There's no concept of individuality outside of the women's division in AEW. And that's a division that needs a talent influx that I could do a whole show on. But that's not what this show is about. So when it comes to Samoa Joe, first of all, I love how he said goodbye. He just tweeted a gif from the Truman Show of Truman taking a bow and just said, be well. Like, just be well. Don't worry about it. Even PBR, Pabst Blue Ribbon, the beer company, had fun with him and they tweeted, We signed Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe said, Hey, man, no, no snitching, just trying to get, get through these 90 days. Because everyone who has been released has a no compete clause and they can't be signed until July 14th. Now, that's according to Uncle Dave over at Wrestling Observer. And I always take it with a grain of salt. But normally when he reports, you know, direct contract sort of related things he doesn't bs so I, I think that's a pretty safe bet sean ross sap i believe confirmed it things like that so it, it's okay we have time to wait before any of them might show up somewhere now samoa joe i think could still be a very good uh a very good piece for our company If it were me, I would go back to Ring of Honor if I were him. Ring of Honor needs another main eventer type guy. Because right now, the whole roster is a lot of up-and-comers. A great mid-card set. The pure rules is a great idea. I think they're in a very good spot right now. A couple strong factions. A little bit of Bullet Club influence left. Things like that. And he would be a good main eventer. Now, Impact would make a whole lot of sense. He goes back to effectively the first stomping ground that had a big time TV deal that made him famous because the first company that really gave him a shot was ring of honor. But impact was the first one with a TV deal that made him famous when he was there in that great impact era, when it was him and styles and Kurt angle and sting and Ric Flair was hanging around. And I think even Jay lethal was there for a little bit. I could have my times mixed up, but impact would be fun. ROH would be fun. Other than that, I'm not sure, but I'm sure he'll land somewhere. Also, he wasn't medically cleared to compete. Now, let's say he does get medically cleared by somebody else, but he wasn't medically cleared by WWE. Okay, that's fine. And here's the thing. I love how good Samoa Joe was. I understand everybody was upset that they got rid of him, but there's a very simple phrase that applies to sports, sports entertainment, anywhere where athletic ability is the main product that you're putting out. You know what it is? The best, avi- the best ability is availability. And Samoa Joe was not available. And either he got fed up with waiting or WWE or whatever. And then, of course, there's the other prospect that he might be hanging it up for good. But I doubt that. I think I think he has more in the tank. So good luck to Samoa Joe. It doesn't surprise me that he got released. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't too thrilled sitting on commentary and that he actually wants to jump in the ring. So now I don't know the actual stipulation, but if I had to speculate, and remember, this is purely me speculating I think it's that WWE did not medically clear him to come back in and other companies have said out loud that they will maybe in private, maybe not. I don't know, but I have a feeling that's the idea because here's my thing. That was the deal with Daniel Bryan. If you remember when Daniel Bryan went down and got hurt, WWE wouldn't clear him. No matter what he did, WWE would not clear him to wrestle. And he could have gone somewhere else, and I think another promotion, a lesser promotion, quite frankly, would have medically cleared him just because they want him in the ring. They just would have told him to work a certain way, and he could have only done 30% of what he wanted to do. The reason why WWE didn't clear him, or at least in my personal belief, the way that WWE operates when it comes to the health of their competitors, they will not clear you from a big-time injury if you can't do 100% of what they need you to do. They won't clear 80% Daniel Bryan. They want 100% Daniel Bryan. That's why it took Edge nine years. Because they wanted 100% Edge. I said, if you're going to come back, great. But you better come back in shape and able to do everything we ask. And he did. And he absolutely aced it. And I'm very curious to see what he has to do tomorrow night. I'm recording this on Thursday night. So that is my synopsis of Samoa Joe. I just honestly think he's in a position where either he wants to get cleared somewhere, but regardless, there's a 90 day no compete, no matter what. So I don't know what his plan is going to be, but time will tell. Then we have Mickey James. Mickey James uh, simply put out a tweet. Uh, to, to sort of say thank you. She said, grateful, or not sort of put out a tweet. She put out a tweet. I'm sorry. Uh, grateful for the memories. Grateful for the locker room. Grateful for the fans. Grateful for these little keys to my golden handcuffs. You can never expect others' visions vision of you to be as big as your own dreams. Thank you. She tagged Vince McMahon. Hashtag always blessed and grateful. I love how she said. Grateful for these little keys to my golden handcuffs. And I think that's her way of saying, thank you for letting me go from something that was holding me back, yet they were golden handcuffs. I think that's the point she's trying to make, is I was still with WWE. I was still in the, with the biggest show in the game, but you gave me the keys. So now I can go and do my own thing. Now, again, this is me speculating. I want Mickey to follow her husband. I want Mickey to follow the real world heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis. I want Nikki to follow her husband. And the reason I want Nikki to follow her husband is because first of all, she can face off with Thunder Rosa and there's a lot of young female talent on NWA. They also seem to supplement some of the ladies from AEW as well. And she could be sort of a player coach, much like Mako Satomura is going to be for NXT UK. And I think that would be a very appropriate thing for her to do. I have no idea if there are any plans for Mickey. I wish her the best in whatever she's going to do. But WWE came to terms for her release. Okay. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to you, Mick. Always loved you. Was always a fan. Loved the first crazy angle with Trish Stratus. Loved for the first couple months that you wrestled, you didn't really have gear. And one, for some reason, this one sticks out. You had a, she had a match in her hometown, Mickey James had a match in her hometown in Virginia against Santino Morella, and she lost. I'll never forget that. It was a very interesting situation, but for some reason that one sticks out to me. Then we have Billy Kay. Man, did people get upset that Billy Kay got released. And yes, she was very funny. I think she did a great job as a solo, her passing out the resume. They gave her one shot with Carmella, where she basically tried to copy her. They broke up the Iconics. Peyton Royce got a couple shots, but never really got that personality-type rub that Billy Kay did, and now both of them have been released. Now, look, I was a fan of the Iconics. I was thrilled when they won at WrestleMania. Do I think they were a very good tag team? Yes. Do I think they were great personalities? Yes. Are they the earth-shattering, world-changing superstars that people are making them out to be? No. They're not. They were funny. They were entertaining. They knew how to wrestle well enough. But are they game changers? Respectfully, no. They are not. I saw, one, I saw one tweet from very good friends of mine, a podcast called Those Wrestling Girls. Well, actually, they responded to a tweet by somebody else, and it was the dream match of the Bellas versus the Iconics at SummerSlam. And the way Those Wrestling Girls phrased it was, they said, it's like, it's like flushing money down the drain. Now, yes, there's certainly some economic opportunity there. I, I would like to see the Bellas get one more run at it, I don't think they ever should have broken up the Iconics either. But money down the drain. Let's think of what that match would have really gotten at SummerSlam. It would have gotten the third or fourth slot and six and a half to eight minutes. You know why? Because Nikki Bella can't wrestle the same because of her neck. Brie Bella is a liability when it comes to botches. And Billy and Peyton can only carry it so far. And it would be half a comedy match. No, I don't have a problem with any of that. But... It wouldn't be billed as this 25-minute New Japan wrestling and pro wrestling in Duntaku main event. So I understand you're upset they split the team up and you're even more upset that they released both of them. But they'll be fine. Both of them will. Peyton Royce will make money somewhere. Billy Kay will make money somewhere, whether it's together or not. The first thing they should do immediately is go to AEW. First of all, because they'll be two of the best overall wrestlers in that entire company. That's the first thing. And then if they pair them up, they pair them up. That could be the other deal. They could bring back some AEW version of the Iconics, And I would have no issue with that. I think that would be a reasonable way to go about it. Because Peyton Royce... I haven't seen any type of goodbye from her yet uh, when I recorded this show. And Billy Kay, her goodbye was a statement. She put out a statement. On Twitter, she said, Thank you, WWE, Vince McMahon, and Triple H for the past six years. They have fulfilled my dreams entirely from being a 10-year-old girl that fell in love with WWE from the moment I saw The Rock on TV. And now I'm walking away with so many incredible moments from Super Showdown in front of my friends and family to winning the Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania. Thank you to every single person in both locker rooms and everyone that I had the pleasure of working with behind the scenes too. I love you all and will never forget your support and all the crazy stories we have together. I will miss you all so much. Thank you to all the fans for inviting me into your lives. I hope I made you smile and laugh. That's all I ever wanted to do. I'll never forget all the kind words and memories we've had together over the years. Thank you to my family for always supporting this crazy dream and sacrificing so much for me to achieve it. I honestly wouldn't have gotten to where I am without you all. You have my entire heart. And thank you to my life partner Cassie. Our journey started together and it's only fitting that it ends together. I love you. I'm beyond proud of you and I'm with you forever. Lastly, thank you to everyone that reached out to me today. Knowing I affected people's lives in a positive way means the absolute world to me that was the statement from billy Kay on her retirement because that's how you do it on a podcast you read the whole thing you don't paraphrase it you give the competitor the respect they deserve and billy Kay deserves a lot of respect i realized i put her down earlier it's called criticism i don't mean anything by it it's my opinion Have I stepped in a ring before? No. I'm sure Billy Kay would beat the shit out of me in about 14.5 seconds. I am fully aware of this. But I am here to give my opinion. And this is my opinion. I think she was a great personality. Was she a game changer wrestler? Not necessarily. Do I think she could have contributed to the women's division? Yes, and she certainly did. She was great. Peyton was great. The Iconics were great. But they got released. It happens. And think about this statement. She said thank you to WWE. This is what she said. Thank you for the past six years. They have fulfilled my dreams entirely. And y'all are this upset at WWE for letting her go? She couldn't have had a more gracious exit. Do, do you really think they, they take him in a back room and Vince McMahon goes, you're fired, and that's it? No. I guarantee you that's not how they do it unless they do it in public. No. And that's kayfabe. That's different. So the, I don't know why so many of you think Vince McMahon personally hurt you. But he did not. I apologize. I apologize on behalf of him. Call me an apologist. That's literally what I'm being right now. But this, is, this was business. There's nothing personal about it. And most, if not all, of these talents are going to land somewhere. Then after Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, there was Bo Dallas, who a lot of people really wanted to see him team up with Bray, them being brothers, as sort of an assistant to the fiend or something. I don't really know how well that would have worked. I mean, look, I think Bo could have been great. Here's the problem: as far as I, what I remember researching is he got kicked off a plane for being too drunk, at least once. And they never found anything to do with him on TV that was really noticeable, except for when he was in the Miz Taraj, And that's that. Look, I wish he got more opportunities too. But you have to understand this. And this is coming from a 30-year-old guy who was born at the beginning of the generation that handed out trophies for showing up. Sometimes you just ain't good enough. Okay. You know how many jobs I've applied for that I didn't get? Sometimes you're not good enough. Sometimes you're not what they're looking for. Bo wasn't what they're looking for. I know his brother is a big-time piece of WWE. I know his dad is a WWE Hall of Famer. One of the best. I know. I know that family has been somewhat cursed by WWE. It seems like they never want them to win anything. But they have a reputation. I understand all of these things. But Bo Dallas was not good enough. So I hope he lands somewhere. I hope he does his best. I wish him the best. I never had anything against the guy. The crazed conspiracy theorist that he is, according to his ride along with Curtis Axel. And remember how thrilled they were to have the opportunity to be part of the Misturage? Most of the time they didn't even wrestle all that much. They were just standing near the Miz, but they got TV time. They got the chance and they were good. They were in the Marine five with him. Okay. I hope he lands more than likely. I think he will. He's a young guy. He's got time. He's fine. He needs to polish some things up and he'll be fine. That's what all these people need to do except for that. Look, Samoa Joe doesn't need to polish up. He needs to stay healthy and Mickey James doesn't need to polish up. There's nothing left to polish. She's everything set in stone for her. She's awesome. She just needs to find something that works for her the best. Okay? There is a safety net that these people are falling into in most cases. All right? This is not an end-of-the-world scenario. Then after him, there was Wesley Blake. Now, this is really the only guy I don't really see much for. I'm sorry, dude. As far as I'm concerned, the only wrestling credibility you have is when you were the other half of Blake and Murphy with your awesome title run in NXT when you were managed by Alexa Bliss. And everyone knew Alexa was the star of that scenario and Murphy was clearly the better wrestler. So Wesley Blake, look, man, best of luck, but I don't see much happening for you. I'm just being honest. And if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. That seems to be something with me. I feel like if I say I don't think a wrestler is that great, they come back the next year and completely change my mind. And sometimes it takes less than a year. That's what ha- I know this isn't a wrestler, but this, is, this example, I guess, applies to what I'm trying to say. That's what happened with Bad Bunny. I didn't think Bad Bunny was going to be any good at all. Then he threw that one worked punch at Miz and I went, oh, okay. He clocked him pretty good. And then at WrestleMania, he put on a superstar performance. So who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. Maybe me saying Wesley Blake isn't great will turn into Wesley Blake being great. Who knows? I'm not sure. And then we have Kalisto got released. Now, I'm really not surprised. When I saw him in the under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, my first thought was, wow, he's still there. I didn't know he still worked for WWE in the first place, okay? Because there's two kinds of masked wrestlers. There are masked wrestlers that work in WWE, and there are masked wrestlers that don't. Because in WWE, you have to have a little bit of a personality or you have to be such an insane luchador that they just let you do crazy shit. Gran Metalik is that kind of luchador. Humberto Carrillo is that type of luchador. Lince Dorado has enough moments where he's that type of luchador. Over in AEW, Pentagon Jr., Rey Phoenix. They are those type of luchadors. Okay. Hell, in Ring of Honor, Mexisquad, Squad, Flamita, Rey Horace, Bandido, they are those type of luchas. But Kalisto? Nah. He tried to talk and do lucha. It didn't work. I just don't think he was that good. Sorry. Because that's the thing about lucha. You can be a good lucha and a bad wrestler. It is possible. And I just don't think Kalisto was that good. Then we had Tucker, formerly of Otis and Tucker. Look, Now, he tweeted about it when he got released. He said, freedom, baby. Now, okay. I mean, if he finds somewhere to go, he finds somewhere to go. But, I mean, he had the opportunity. He killed one of the most lovable characters in WWE. And then they didn't do anything with him. And that's probably not all on him. But after that, you never showed up. Sorry. I remember he had one match on Raw or SmackDown and then that was that. And he might have been in the honor of the Giant Memorial Battle the Royal. He might have. Other than that, nothing. Nothing on television at all. So, good luck. You're a bigger than average guy who I'm sure has a great heart and seems like a great human being. But the lack of use for you after you got rid of Otis just killed you. And I don't see too much happening for him. But hey, again, I've been wrong before. Then we have Chelsea Green who got released. This is another one that caused quite a stir. And I don't blame you guys for thinking this way. I got to be honest about Chelsea. She said, I've made once in a lifetime memories at WWE. By the way, real quick, this is me reading Chelsea Green's statement about her release. I want to make that clear. And I quote, I've made once in a lifetime memories at WWE. I didn't do everything I set out to do, but I'm proud of what I've done. Can you say you were in a Royal Rumble for 14 seconds? I'm proud of the fact that I never took no for an answer, even after four tryouts on a reality show. I'm proud of the fact that I came back stronger every single time I was knocked down or broken arm. Although it's been a few years, nothing has changed. I'm still that girl. Tomorrow, I'll get up, dust myself off, and start on my next journey. I'm taking back control. I'm refocusing, and I'm going to do what I've always set out to do, make a name for myself. It's been short and sweet, WWE Universe, I'll see you on TV. First of all, what a perfect fucking way to state it, man. She never quit till she made it. And then when she made it, they didn't have much for her. It's a shame. She was in the Royal Rumble for 14 seconds. Good for her. There are very few people who can say they've done that. And now she's going to make a name for herself. And her husband, Matt Cordona, formerly Zack Ryder, has been tweeting has tweeted about her multiple times calling her a star and how awesome she is and i love it you love to see that kind of support from hubby i love it and chelsea's going to be great she was the queen of the indies for years she could be the queen of the indies again again if she went to aew like i think billy and or Peyton should she'll be the fourth best wrestler in that whole company immediately as soon as she walks in the door Maybe she goes to Ring of Honor because Maria Kanellis is now running Women of Honor and it looks like they're going to open up Women of Honor because ROH is finally breaking in to the incredible moneymaker that is women's wrestling. But here's the thing about Chelsea Green as to why her release isn't a surprise to me. Look at the women's divisions of WWE right now. Look at them. Look at Raw. Raw has Asuka. Asuka rhea ripley and technically the tag team divisions can go everywhere tamina natalia naomi lana mandy rose dana brooke naya jack Shayna baszler look at nxt raquel gonzalez dakota kai candice larae indy hartwell shotzi blackheart ember moon Aaliyah, Jessie Kamea, Mercedes Martinez. The list goes on. Bianca Belair is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Sasha Banks is on SmackDown with her. Bayley is on SmackDown with them. Carmella's on SmackDown. All of that talent is currently employed by WWE. Okay? The pond is too full. And most of them have established themselves. So I'm not surprised that Chelsea got a release, but I think she's going to be fine. She was queen of the Indies once she'll be queen of the Indies again. It's no big deal. Also the most recent release was Mojo Raleigh, which I mean, as a big time university of Maryland fan, (laughs) that's kind of like, Oh man, they had to cut the turp. But honestly, you know, Mojo had his moment. They had a couple ideas for him. None of it really stuck. And it's a shame. Hey, he won an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal with the help of Rob Gronkowski. Who can say they did that? Okay? He had a decent run. And I think he'll land somewhere else if he wants to stay in this industry, but that's entirely up to him. But those are the releases. One more time, here are the official releases today by WWE. Samoa Joe, Mickey James, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Kalisto, Tucker, formerly of Tucker and Otis, Chelsea Green, and Mojo Raleigh. Now, here's some of the reasons why you guys were upset. One of them was, you said all of these people are getting released, yet certain people are still under contract. Now, one of them, I think, is entirely justifiable, and I agree with all of you implicitly. Velveteen Dream. For those of you who listen to my show, and those of you who know me personally, you know I used to be the biggest fan of Velveteen Dream ever. That is no longer the case because um, when you're a sexual predator and there is publicly available evidence showing that you are, I don't know why you're still employed. Now, let me also make another thing clear. This is not me saying that some of those releases shouldn't have happened while Velveteen is still employed. No, WWE can release who they want. As long as they have a valid enough reason, then I'll be okay with it. Realistically, they don't need me to be okay with it, so they don't need a reason at all. But normally they do. Velveteen Dream, the reason has existed for him to go. There is publicly available evidence of what he's done. Okay? There's publicly available evidence of what he's done. He needs to go. That I agree with. That I agree with. Now, do I think this is the right time to sort of bring that one up? I mean, I guess because you're really not going to find a better time. But these cuts were made because of budget cuts, I understand. And that's another thing. Budget cuts. People say WWE had a record year of profit. Why are you making budget cuts? Because you still have to make budget cuts. Okay? Okay. This concept of employing everybody but then letting everybody have equal time is not possible. You have to follow the money. No, am I saying that all of the people who got released never made a dime for WWE? Of course not. A lot of them made the company a lot of money but they weren't high up enough on that balance sheet. Okay? And that's what happened. So there were budget cuts. Okay remember when they got rid of Pyro for a while? They're, they're finding ways to skim off of it, all right? And here's the reason why. They did their big deal with, with NBC to get on Peacock. They already have a contract with USA, which is technically an NBC property. They already have a contract with Fox. They have contracts with a lot of different companies that make them a ton of money, okay? They are a worldwide global presence that had record profits last year. I understand it seems odd, but you still have to do your spring cleaning. and unfortunately, these were the victims of it. But back to some of those who were brought up about it, as far as you know these guys who are who are still employed, Jackson Riker. yeah, he got caught doing uh, doing doing blackface. That's just not a good PR look. I mean, look, I'm not the type of person to criticize a company for keeping somebody on who has done something that is not illegal, it's not a crime, but it's just a terrible visual for your company, I I understand this is a terrible PR look. I get it. I understand where people are coming from, but they want to keep him employed. It doesn't mean I like it, but they want to keep him employed. Then there's Jordan Devlin, who was accused by a young lady of physically and mentally abusing her while well, he was in a relationship with her. She posted pictures of it. This was last year. Not not too, well, uh, d- just about a year ago. And Devlin finally responded and effectively said, "I I feel the need to address this. These allegations are entirely false. And yes, I understand they are very troubling. Those pictures are very troubling to look at. I saw them just like you did. But alleged is alleged. There has been no updates that I have seen to prove whether or not he is guilty of that. It is a similar concept with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle got accused of something. He denied it. And there has been no evidence to show whether or not it is true. Okay? These concepts of guilty until proven innocent or ruining somebody's entire livelihood because of one event that doesn't have anything illegal attached to it. It just goes a little bit too far sometimes. Okay? It just goes a little bit too far sometimes. For example, for example, I understand the PR look of riddle. I do. And I understand the PR look of Jordan Devlin as they were alleged they're alleged to be sexual abusers. It hasn't been proven, but they're alleged to be. I understand that is not a great look. Now, the other two, Jackson Riker and Velveteen Dream. Riker, I understand why a lot of people would want him fired. I would have a lot of hesitancy keeping keeping him on. Given what has been made public for him, for him, he did make an apology to my, to my knowledge. So to me is what he did a forgivable offense. I'm not going to answer that. I know that's not a way of me saying yes, because if I personally knew him, that would be a tough one to swallow. If he worked for me personally. I don't want that type of PR out there, so I'm not going to keep you on. So that's how I'll phrase that. If I were the one making that decision, I would pull the trigger on letting Riker go. Also, because there are plenty of young guys in NXT, you can have come up and stand next to Elias and be his heater. <laughs> that's the. It's not as if you have a. You don't have a deep bullpen to go to. It's not as if you can't do that. Okay. And that's the other thing somebody mentioned is they fired all these people, but they had the biggest performance center class ever come in this year. Think about that. The biggest performance center class ever came in this year. Taya Valkyrie debuted as Frankie Monet on NXT on their first Tuesday episode. Okay. But remember, it's it's just like pro sports. WWE is the Yankees. Cool. You have a lot of potential. That's great. We're still going to send you to the minor leagues first to make sure you're what we need you to be. AEW doesn't have that luxury. I mean, they can put you on dark, or if you're lucky, dark elevation. But to make it to Dynamite, you got to be the real deal. Sure, there's a little bit of a tier system there. ROH. More or less doesn't have that. I know they have a dojo and every once in a while they have a match with two guys from the dojo on ROH TV. So there is a little bit of a hierarchy there. New Japan, that hierarchy has been proven time and time and time again. The Young Lion training philosophy, I still think, is the best in pro wrestling. And then there's Impact, where there is no proving ground. Which sometimes is helpful. There you go, kid. Get in the ring with Sammy Callahan. Good luck to you. But that's the deal. So you have the biggest class ever of new talent come in. And then who do they release? They release Samoa Joe. Long history in the business. They release Mickey James. Legend of the business. Should be a Hall of Famer. Billy Kay. Peyton Royce. Good enough history in the business. Bo Dallas from a wrestling family that's been doing it forever. Wesley Blake. Kalisto. Tucker. Younger guys who didn't pan out. But they had certainly paid their dues to make it to the big show. Chelsea Green, former queen of the indies. I think she will be again. Mojo Raleigh, former college football player who worked his rear end off, actually had a couple big moments in WWE. Showed a little bit of promise. That's who they're getting rid of. They're getting rid of old faces that a lot of people don't want to see anymore. How many people really wanted to see Mojo Raleigh on a regular basis? How many people wanted to see Tucker, Kalisto, Wesley Blake, Bo Dallas? Now, I understand the others are different. Chelsea Green, yes, but that was more because she was hurt and she went to one of the most replete with talent divisions, if not the most replete with talent division in all of professional wrestling. She got dropped into the women's division on NX-fucking-T. And I think she was very good, but not good enough to hang around. If there was going to be a cut from that division, it was going to be her. And it was. Then we have Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Came up to Raw. Women's Tag Team Champions. Won them at WrestleMania. One of the funniest tag teams we've seen in a long time. Great personalities. Worked well with everybody. Seemed to be fantastic. Got their awesome moment in front of their hometown. At Super Showdown or their home country, I should say. And unfortunately, they got let go. Why? Because they broke them up. There was nothing there to do them solo, and they didn't want to put them back together. Why they didn't want to put them back together? I'll never understand. But they decided not to. Somebody put up a tweet recently, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this tweet, but it was effectively WWE is such an interesting animal because they do all this for you, but then they still show you that at the end of the day, it all has to do with their power. Yeah, it does. So what? It's their company. Vinny is the boss. If you don't like it, tough shit. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. If that is your argument to say that this was not the right way to go about it, you have lost me completely. Of course it's their power. It's AEW's power too. You don't think they can do this? You don't think Impact can do this? You don't think Ring of Honor can do this? Ring of Honor fired Marty Skrull for allegations. And they gave him the entire company in a contract. And they still got rid of him based on allegations that, to my knowledge, there has been no further evidence to prove whether they're true or not. This is not just a WWE way of doing things. Okay? Literally every company can do this if they want to. I understand they're the big bad corporation from Stamford, Connecticut that kills hopes and dreams and ruins good tag teams and never gives us the champion that we wanted. I understand that. But after that, isn't it all positive? To me, a lot of it's positive. Is their booking weird sometimes? yes has talent been misused yes but the fact that we flock to something else just because it's different not because it's good but because it's different oh you got to watch that why you haven't seen it before no that's fair i like new stuff too i understand aew isn't new anymore man it's lame it's a terrible product i can't stand it 10 factions a weird fetish with booking everyone with a 500 win-loss record unless you're a member of the elite did anybody notice that I'll get back to that in a second speaking of AEW well, let's stick with AEW different topic though Eva Lease has been released by AEW and she spoke up because of how management treated her and all that and it's you know it's a shame to hear it, whether you choose to believe her or not. It's a shame to hear that, regardless of that situation. But then you have to remember the match she had with Thunder Rosa, where she visibly did not care. Also, this is not the first time she's been released by a major company, because this happens with her all the time. Her her attitude has been an issue, so this shouldn't be a surprise to people. Okay releases happen in professional wrestling. It's just like any other sports style enterprise. People will get released. It's a shame. And come July, I think we will see a lot of people go other ways. And then there are people, "Oh, but why the why the non-compete clause? Why why do they have to wait? Why do they have to wait? Why do they have to wait? Because it's smart business." Smart business. Samoa Joe gets released on a Thursday. Right? On a Thursday. Guess what happens the next Monday? Ring of Honor has their first TV taping. Okay? AEW has Dark Elevation. The next Tuesday, NWA has their first broadcast. AEW has Dark. The day after that, the first Dynamite. Do you really want, do you really want six days removed from release Samoa Joe walking out on dynamite after the entirety of the wrestling community thinks you're the biggest asshole in the world for cutting him? Is that really what you want to happen? No, you want time to pass. Now, this is not a wrestling fan base that forgets. Trust me, I'm aware of that. I have seen that video that y'all have posted a million times of Shane and Vince and Steph and Triple H saying, we're going to give you what you want. And you retweet it and you tweet it at Vince like, remember this? Why didn't you ever live up to it? Get over it. They're going to run the product. away. you know why? Because they tried to give you what you wanted and you couldn't tell them what they want. We've never been able to decide what we want. We don't know what makes us happy, so we make the task impossible. It is ridiculous. All of these talents that were mostly underutilized, everyone said find a way to use them. They couldn't find a way to use them, so they released them. Now they can go and work somewhere else where they can use their talents. And now we're mad at WWE because they actually let them go. They're actually giving them that opportunity. I understand losing a job is losing a job, but this is pro wrestling. They know this. Nobody stays with one company their entire career unless you're Sting. Nobody. It's unreal, man. Nature of the Beast. That's all this is. Nature of the Beast. Let's talk about some other things that people got upset about here, man. Why not? Why not? I'm pretty sure Logan Paul got a big check for being at Mania. I know for a fact, Bad Bunny got a big check for being at Mania and they advertised his new tour, which by the way, the advertisement for his new tour at WrestleMania apparently got so much web traffic, it crashed the Ticketmaster website. Think about that, man. Think about it. Bad Bunny was great. Logan Paul did his job. I'm not a fan of his, whether it's in the ring or personally, I don't really care for him. But he did his thing. All right, fine. Took a heck of a stunner bump. I'll tell you that much. And y'all are upset about that? Oh, they cut these guys big checks, but they got to cut Samoa Joe? Yeah, because they're not full-time talent. They were celebrities brought in to do one spot. They did their one spot. Where's the mystery here? Why are you confused as to why they're doing that? WWE is worth a ton of money. They had record profits. That's how they were able to do it. And then I see certain people, a certain former talent, Mr. Leo Rush... Saying, why are they cutting people with small salaries instead of cutting people with big salaries to make room for more people? Because you win championships with good players, not because you have more than the other team. You know that. Everybody knows that. I will trade everyone on this release list at this current time with the exception of of Samoa Joe. For Bobby Lashley. If wrestling was like. Was like WWE. And they said hey. We'll give you all nine of these people. For Bobby Lashley. I would say. I would say. Wow. It's a pretty good crop. It's a pretty good crop. But. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to take on that much dead weight. Do me a favor. I don't need Raleigh. I don't need Tucker. I don't need Kalisto. I don't need Blake. I don't need Dallas. So give me Joe, James, Kay, Royce, and Green for Bobby Lashley. Well, we got to get these guys' salaries off our books. Well, then you're not going to get your trade. And then if it were the reverse and I was trading for Bobby Lashley... I would say, hey, I'll give you Mickey James, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Kalisto, Tucker, Chelsea Green, and Mojo Raleigh for Bobby Lashley. And they would say, not enough. I would say, well, how about Samoa Joe? They would say, all right, maybe. Maybe. I would trade that whole list without Samoa Joe for Bobby Lashley because he is a big-time player. One of the best I've seen in today's world. I would trade that whole list, including Samoa Joe, for Randy Orton. I would trade that whole list, including Samoa Joe, for Bianca Belair. I would trade that whole list, including Samoa Joe, for Asuka in her prime. I would trade that whole list twice with Randy Orton on it for Becky Lynch, okay? Because you have to go with what's hot right now wrestling is like the nightclub industry one second you're hot the next second you're not one week everybody goes to your place the next week they're across the fucking street it's very simple and now the whole landscape has been shifted because there's no more wednesday night war as if there ever was one aew got one point almost 1.3 million people on wednesday last night good for them they earned it they did awesome Mike Tyson is now in AEW. Let's talk about that. Fine. If you want to use him, you want to use him. That's okay. He's an auxiliary member of the inner circle. And now they have him and... Man, that main event on Dynamite. Look, thank goodness for Darby Allen because the rest of it was rough. Lance Archer showed his power to Sting. Yeah, again. This is not the first time he's done it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Thank goodness for, and not just a big coffin drop finish, but Darby Allin, period. Matt Hardy did well enough for himself, but a big brawl between all the factions. Oh my goodness. So many factions, man. And it's not New Japan. You are not New Japan, AEW. I don't care what you want to be. You know what AEW is? They're all elite wrestling. The key word is the middle word, elite, elite that word that y'all love to use about my fucking quarterback Joe Flacco and said that he wasn't when he was. That one. Elite. Look at this company and see who actually gets everything. Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. They never split them up. The only ones whose win-loss records aren't around 500 who aren't Dr. Britt Baker or Hikaru Shida. It's the elite. That's who wins Everything. Kenny Omega's the AEW champion. The Young Bucks are the tag team champions. But Dorby Allen, Gil. Yeah, I know. He's a TNT champion. He shouldn't have been the first one. He wasn't the first one. He shouldn't have been. You know who the first one should have been? You know the first TNT champion should have been? Lance Archer. That's who. You want to actually make that big guy matter? Put a strap on that shoulder man and now he's with he's feuding with Sting Sting legend of the business but can barely move Sting aye and now you got Mike Tyson helping Jericho as they're going against the pinnacle which is supposed to be some weird four horsemen fucking knockoff I don't I can't keep track of this man The pinnacle is a joke, okay? MJF is a good talker, full stop. FTR is a very solid old-school wrestling tag team with very little personality. Sean Spears is terrible. He is boring. I will steal one from a good friend of mine from Turnbuckle Topics. He is furniture, okay? He is there to make the room look better. Full stop. I hope his wife goes to the company because then somebody from that family will show up and actually know how to wrestle. This is it. This is AEW now. And now there's QT Marshall's faction, The Factory. And who runs it? QT Marshall. Who is whose best friend? Cody Rhodes. So who is he technically a member of? The Elite! Oh my goodness, we're back to the elite. Ugh. And you're just, everyone's just willing to overlook it because it's not WWE. Come on, man. That's like watching the Mets because they're not the Yankees and your justification is that they paid Lindor a shit ton of money. It doesn't mean they're going to be better. I don't know, it's early in the season, time will tell. (laughs) The baseball podcast hasn't started yet. But I'm just, I can't do it with AEW. It's, it's a tough watch for me. It's a very tough watch for me. Now, having said that, last week's Monday Night Raw, on Monday's Raw, was a tough watch. as well. a very tough watch. I think there were a lot of changes backstage. I don't know if it was writers or staff or whoever, but I think there were a lot of changes backstage, and it showed. Because NXT's first Tuesday night was Fantastic. I can't wait to see what's going on. There were were two appealing things about Raw on it. It was the main event with Strowman and Orton and McIntyre. McIntyre gets another shot at Lashley. Okay, fine. And Alexa starting her own dark storyline with her new friend, Lily, the creepy puppet who has, you know, skulls for teeth. And Bray is still doing the Firefly Funhouse. So now we're going to have two dark macabre characters on the same show. I'm intrigued, to say the less. But I love that kind of supernatural shit. I've been a Bray Wyatt fan ever since he redebuted as cult leader or swamp preacher, as I say Bray. So I'm, I'm biased. Of course I'm biased. So we have that. And then NXT knocked it out of the park. The little champions salute with Bianca and Rhea and Raquel. That was pretty awesome. That was cool to see. Also, I think it might have been a little elbow nudge to AEW going, hey, man, your women's division has two people in it. Because it does. AEW's women's division has two people in it. Dr. Britt Baker, DND, and Hikaru Shida. That's it. That's all they've got. Riho, if you can keep her in country, and Thunder Rosa, if she's not busy with NWA. Other than that, it's Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. That's it. Why Britt hasn't been the champion yet, I have no idea. I know she got hurt, but she's not. She's fine. Please give her a chance for it. And if she gets one, let her go over. She has earned it. Britt is unreal, man. She's the best you've got. So put the title on the best you've got. Stop beating around the bush. Stop it. No, I haven't seen NXT UK yet this week. I have to catch up on that. And then the first SmackDown is going to be interesting. I think Edge is going to show up. I think Roman's going to try to get him to acknowledge me. Dude, was Roman great at Mania or was Roman great at Mania? Performed very well and he brought the promo to life like only he could. I'm going to spear you. I'm going to stack you. I'm going to hold that championship over my head. A million dollars with the pyro is going to go off. And you will acknowledge me. I loved every second of it. Every second of it. Good main event for Mania. I think Mania was a pretty good show. I think it delivered. I really do. I really do. I think it delivered. People say I'm biased towards WWE. Maybe I am. Maybe it's because I've been raised on it. It's what I've been watching this whole time. And then a competitor comes along and expects me to completely change my opinion just because there's something else to watch. No. I will not. Okay? Then we got New Japan. They're on the road to Duntaku right now. That's going to be a pretty fun card. Osprey versus Shingo. Pretty, Pretty good championship match, I think. Impact had a couple bangers tonight. The opener was great, TJP and Josh Alexander. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Other than that, a lot going down, man. But these releases, I understand that they bother some people. Look, I don't want to see these people get fired either. I know I sound gleeful about it, but I'm, I'm not. No, I don't want to see anybody lose a job. That sucks. I'm just speaking to the reality of the situation. I thought Chelsea Green could have been great in NXT, or even on Raw, or SmackDown for that matter. I thought I thought Peyton Royce could have had a great singles career. She just needed somebody to come out and be a manager for her. I thought Billy Kay would have been good with Carmella or even as a solo act. Samoa Joe, been a fan of his since the Ring of Honor. One of the best workers I've seen. Classic big man. Actually, not a classic big man. A modern big man. I'm sorry. Modern big man. His stuff with Balor and NXT was legendary. Incredible stuff. His stuff with Nakamura and NXT was legendary. And then Mickey James, a Hall of Famer. It's a shame to see her go. Don't worry. She'll make her Hall of Fame. She might come back take one more claim. But I hope she goes to NWA with her husband, Nick Aldis. And wrestles Thunder Rosa. As a player coach for the young girls. Same thing with Melina. Melina's in NWA too. Let's see Melina versus Mickey one more time. Just for fun. Look, there are options everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Do not limit yourself for the sake of limiting yourself. Please don't. Now... Here's what I will say in closing. I know this is a different show than you're used to. I know that my opinions can have rough edges, as it were. And it's going to continue. Because there are no more network rules. This is it for me. This is my show now. If you want to be a guest, tweet me. Ask DM me. I will have anybody on. I will talk to any of you unhinged, unbridled, unabridged. Any of you. If my opinions are opposite of yours, fine. If we agree, fine. But this is the show. This is it. This is the stepping stone. This is block one. I'll see you next week.